Germies and germs, Jeremy Vaney here. We're going to take a trek down a Star Trek path on this episode of Our Undoing Radio. Spoken in the vein of the writing path at OurUndoing.com called Talking to Oneself. This is where we examine uh, the inventions, the expressions, the behaviors of a people who are unconsciously talking to themselves through such. Um, in this episode, I'm going to touch on some topics that I sort of use as springboards to go into greater detail. Uh, but then I'm going to wrap it up in a big old transcendental ball <laughs> that I haven't done uh, in any of those essays regarding what we're really telling ourselves about technology, what is it all about? Is it just about conveniences? Is the internet just about writing to each other, getting information, finding new ideas, fortifying our old ideas? Uh, what about robots? What about the wanting to put our consciousness into robots? Make robots alive even though we not so secretly fear that by making them alive, they will eventually come to crush us. <laughs> uh, yet and still, we push to make them alive. Why do we do that? Why do we want to go to Mars? Why do we love Star Trek? Why do so many people think that the Star Trek vision of the future is our ideal? What is all of this about? Well, on one level, it's about being American. It's about... You know, in, in an unconscious way. It's about expansionism. It's about ex exploration. You know, the new frontier, the final frontier. Bringing our virus out into space. Saving ourselves from our pollution. From our self-destruction. It's the romanticization. I think I said that right. <laughs> of what we consider to be humanity, we in the West, we call human, which is really racism. We don't know it because we don't think about it. So it's ignorance first, and uh, that ignorance just happens to be racism, which is to say that not all humans think alike. Not all cultures are our culture. A lot of them are. We've converted a lot of the world, but not the First Nations, not the indigenous folks not the cultures that come from heart and not brain. Those who didn't abandon nature so they don't feel the need to blast off of the natural world to terraform another world into this one to just do it all over again. So in one sense, we have this pressing urge to expand, which we equate with freedom. Uh, freedom not just to move about the world, but the freedom that one feels in imagining and then exploring new frontiers. Freedom from ourselves. Freedom from our daily dull routine. The routine that is us. That's one facet of this. And then the other is that while we know that uh, religions on their faces are illogical, are a mess have very little to do with spirituality per se. We nevertheless want to have a soul. 
<laughs> Even while we say there's no such thing as a soul, we'll call it something else. We'll call it like neurons or something. And then we'll try to figure out how to transfer these neurons to a machine out of our brains and hope that a monster doesn't appear, but, but uh, us, some other version of us. And if a monster did appear, we wouldn't call it a demon. We'd call it a mistake. Um, we just want to change the terminology, but we really do want the religion. We just don't want the icky feeling of knowing that it's false. And we want that because we intuit something about it is true, that which they are burying in the false, something about us in eternity, something about us in oneness, the wanting to be computer alive, wanting to be a human internet. We don't want to look into psychic powers. We don't want to... uh, look into the interconnectivity found within heart. No, we want to stay in the brain. We want to discover for ourselves something logical and rational, untouched by the new age, untouched by the old age. We want it to be our age. And we want to be the discoverers of it. We want to be the first people on that moon. We want to claim it. We want to own it. We want to be it. This is the dream. This is the humanist dream anyway. Star Trek is the humanist dream. Boldly go where no one's gone before with a set of ethical rules that dictate our morality that aren't given to us from on high or from the high hand of a long dead writer. Right? We want it to come from us. We're like a hurt child who... Even though there is some truth out there, we want it to be out there, be distant, because we've been hurt by people who claim truth. So we go, no, no, we reject. We reject all of it. No. And that rejection is a belief. The belief is a a belief. The acceptance is a belief, clearly. But so is the rejection. It's a reaction. Both are reactions. And we want to live in action. We want to live free of reaction. But we don't know what that means. And so we try to control it. We try to, we try to do it. But that trying, that doing, is in fact a reaction. Is in fact a shackle. It's not freedom. And this is why our patterns follow us wherever we boldly go. I recently read online a post from someone on social media that made me kind of sad and feel icky at the same time, (laughs) Uh, which was about the need to go to outer space um, to become enlightened, whatever that word means. Uh, Because astronauts have talked about the, um, the effect of seeing the world. I can't remember what it's called. I'm sure some of you know it, but there's a term for it of seeing the world as a ball, as a globe from high above. Um, it has a sort of um, dampening effect on the brain self, a sense of awe and wonder and incongruously, it would seem, interconnection with that which we have separated from. Um, it is a spiritual or pseudo-spiritual experience for the astronaut. And so it follows that we must 
go out there for what we seek internally. And this is the draw of going to other planets. This is the draw of hyperspace and all that stuff. It's as if this person never heard of meditation, right? It's as if they've never heard anything about journeying inward in any way. And when challenged on the notion, not by me, by by another person, uh, they really stuck to their guns and what they outlined as what they believe would happen and what must happen and why for us to live happily ever after. Uh, it sounded an awful lot like Buddhism, really. But a really screwed up, externalized, brainiac version of that that probably wouldn't recognize that it was Buddhism. And so on this level... Um, It's a savior mentality. So you can reject saviors all you want, but your savior is outer space. This is what will fulfill you. This is what will make you whole. This is what will transition us into the next whatever. I mean, people talk about higher densities and vibrational frequencies. Maybe they were talking about just going to where there's no gravity out in outer space. Do you think we'll ever learn that creating sentient robots won't make men women? Won't make us life givers? Won't be the same feeling as giving birth? Uh, Do you think we understand that having sentient robots, sex slaves and this sort of thing, androids, won't actually fulfill us in any way? It'll just be more clutter? more junk in our lives that we can play pseudo-God to, but even that won't feel good. I mean, all of this is a product of not feeling good. All of this is a product of discomfort. And they say that in discomfort comes creation, right? In friction comes creation. Um, but And that's true, but do we ever question whether that's the way we should be? Do we ever question if there is a way that we should be? Or do we just say, well, we can be any way we want. But it's really a lie. Because any way that we want really isn't what we want. Or we'd have become it by now. Somebody would. (laughs) One of these people selling you happiness would be happy. Someone's vision of the future would come to fruition and we'd be in la-la land. But that never really happens, does it? Because it's not meant to. It's not meant for anything. It's an extension of us. And if we are misery, our extensions are misery. If we're polluted people, we pollute the world. If we then create uh, some sort of cleanup device to clean up our pollution, that too will be its own pollution. Because what we do is pollute. We're polluting. That is our action. The only way to not be polluting is to not be polluting, (laughs) right? I mean, this seems so simple, and yet here we are for however many thousands and thousands of years. So I look at all of these things, and I look at all of how we're talking to ourselves and what about, and there is one overarching thing that struck me as I was reading this person's post on why we need to go into outer space which is that we need it to all be within us. We want to be 
the carrier of worlds. I was going to say the eater of worlds, but we want to carry everything with us. And this is as first experience and then as knowledge. You know, that feeling you get when you read a really good book of discoveries or things like that. Um, ancient books on ancient people and ancient ways. And, you know, it has that air of mystery because it's kind of unknown, but here's this person who studied it and they're giving it to you. And you feel that little ping in your tummy, you know, that little like excitement of, um, of discovery and of, of connection. And you don't quite know why all of that. That's us living vicariously. That's us carrying other cultures, other peoples, other times, all time. I mean, what is history, but carrying all time with us as knowledge, consuming it and carrying it with us. It's in us. This is another expression of that very same God complex or maybe not complex, but God wish we wish the universe inside of us. We wish we could open up to that. We wish for oneness, whether we call it that or not. It's just that we want that oneness to be me. I am that oneness. It's all in me. And it's not so egotistical because I earned it. I explored. I did the reading. I got the PhD. I whatever, you know. Somehow I reacted to the whole inside of me, and in that reaction, I learn. In this sense of learning, that life is all about learning, that going into space is about learn, that going into space is about learning. You know, and if we meet aliens, it'll be an exchange. It'll be an exchange of knowledge and teachings, and how amazing! All of that is the wish to consume. It's consumerism. But I don't mean it in the, just the cheap way. I'm saying even that cheap American way of consumerism and European way of consumerism and Asian way of consumerism is, is coming from the same place. The place of wanting to fill the void. The void is you. The void is your sorrow at not being wholly alive. But the being wholly alive, which is the ending of sorrow, is the ending of you. Because you are sorrow. So you're sorrow. You're the reaction to this feeling that we're born into. I mean, it's a born into situation. Right? So if we don't understand it, we just become a reaction to it. And our whole lives are that reaction. In that sorrow is great fear. These things are like ingredients of a perfume wafting through the nostrils constantly, triggering us, keeping us going, and calling it something else. Setting up goals and trying to make, you know, these future goals a good thing, a positive thing, that which we strive for and commend people when they get there. This is what we do. Anything to consume the world. Not because we're destroyer gods at heart, secretly, but because we want to be the universe. And the universe to be us. 
And spoiler alert, we all already are that. We're just, most of us, not self-aware as that. We haven't had the, the oneness, I amness point of view as an experience or as that point of view by which we live. A lot of people talk a good game. A lot of people get it intellectually, but not a whole lot of people, uh, you know, <laughs> are willing to uh, understand themselves so deeply that the understanding brings total clarity to the body, which means the death of the brain-projected self or even the heart-projected self. Very few of us want to die. Even fewer of us understand what that means. I mean, there are people who kill themselves, right? They commit suicide, but that's not really wanting to die uh, in the exploratory sense, in the, in, the, in the sense of full understanding. That's really wanting to get out of your life, what you are right now, so drastically that the only way you know how is to cut it off at the body. Cut yourself off at the source, as it were. Because you are cut off from source. And uh, if that misery outweighs the payoff by way too much, out you go. So people argue, well, I'm not afraid of death. Well, yeah, but you're afraid of annihilation. You're afraid of complete cessation. Even suicide is a control, right? Now I control my life and my death. In that way, I'm this god that I'm searching for. Not consciously, maybe, but uh, there it is. And now how lazy is Star Trek that they want everyone to speak English, <laughs> right? Like, through a universal translator, we all must speak the same language, and that, that language is English. And it's interesting, you know, listening to Teokas and Ghost Horses, we do on this program uh, talk about the limits of English as a language. And it's true. Um, we have nouns. We don't think of things in terms of energy. I mean, we do. We put that off for physics. But in our daily language, we don't um, speak of things as though they are energetically alive and that they are what they do. Um. And we talk about property, and we talk about war, and we have these words for these, for these things that need to go. But instead, we invest in the words, and we invest in the ideas, and we, we keep them alive. We try to make the unnatural our nature. Um, and the reason we do that, the reason we do all of these so-called unnatural things so then they just come to us naturally <laughs> is uh, because we are seeking outside ourselves, inside ourselves, however it is, because we're seeking our own wholeness. And so we're inventing these, these things, right? We're inventing these external situations um, to fill ourselves, to try to make that wholeness. Um, even as we, simultaneously ignore what we're fundamentally doing altogether. We get lost in our inventions. We get lost in our arguments. We get lost in our entitlements, in growing our property, in 
delineating property, you know, putting up lines and fences and this is mine, that is yours, therefore I exist and you exist and here we both are. Um, glad we've settled that. <laughs> now, now get off my lawn. But if we would just sit a moment and just really, really ask ourselves what we're doing, what these, all of these things mean from property to war to robots <laughs> to the drive to get off the planet to seek enlightenment, to seek enlightenment inwardly even. Um, I mean, it's sad and broken of us to not anymore acknowledge the inner, but even those who do live in the inner and live too much in themselves, um, live too much in themselves. They're, they're might still not be just pondering for the sake of understanding. What is this inner? What is this outer? Why is this? And why am I asking? Our present kind of sucks. And so we have to be forward thinking. We look to the past and, uh, you know, some people look to the ancient past and find great mystery and can get sucked up into that. But nowadays, a lot of people just kind of are bored with it or find lies. You know, you find that history is written by the winners. I want to be a winner. I want to write history. Therefore, I'm going to look to the future where I write the history where I make it and then write it. And then we pretend it's written in stone and we go toward that stone. We row our little boat toward that stone, you know, or, or we have philosophical arguments and discussions about just how written in stone the future is. What's fate? What's free will? We just sort of take it on assumption that there is this thing called free will and, and we have the same definition of it and the same understanding. And so now we're going to ponder how much of it we have. Never mind that other peoples have done that hard work already. We, we, can't, we can't afford to acknowledge that because we have to come to it our, on our own because that's how we consume it. That's, it's a tasty delight. It fills us for a moment. Take it from me, I'm a fat guy. I know all about junk food. Pretty much everything we do is junk food for the soul. <laughs> uh, I guess that's what I'm getting at. But why? Because we want to be free. We want to be free thinkers. We want to be free to roam around. We want freedom like a kingdom. And we want to be the kings and queens. So really, we just want more of us but we don't know that that's what we're saying. We want more of what we are. We want to live. We want to exist. Hence, the fear of annihilation. This is how conniving the self is. The constant struggle to be. To be or not to be. We already are. <laughs> what, is, what are you talking about? It's hard to see the joke of it when the joke's on you. It's even harder when the joke is you. Then who do you get mad at? I guess you just ignore it and set a course and hope that whoever you meet at the end of the wormhole you create with your newfangled starship is exactly like you. Or better yet, someone lesser than you. So you can control the situation with your false sense of compassion for them. 
That's on a good day. On a bad day, you end up enslaving them. They, what do they know? They're just savages anyway. We are, if nothing else, a wash, rinse, repeat, quote-unquote, humanity. Oh, the humanity. Humanity. 